This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 188. I am your host, Matt Lyons. And on this week's episode, we got our first meatballs of the year, Stephen Kwan's historic start to his career, uh, talk about our thoughts one turn through the Cleveland Guardians rotation, talk about everybody's favorite player, the one everybody's talking about right now, of course, Owen Miller. Um, is he back? Is he good now? What's going on with him? I'll talk about Miles Straw, Jose Ramirez, Emmanuel Class A all being extended. Who could be next? And just generally talk about a pretty downright exciting week, or weekend, I guess, of Cleveland Guardian baseball. Joining me for all that more of them is Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Horrible. Just horrendous. I got oh, tricked man. again by small sample sizes. <laughs> I got excited <laughs> by winning two games against so, a bad team. No, I, was, I was researching my meatball, uh, and, I, and I just discovered, uh, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Six of the nine guys in the, in the Guardians batting order that played yesterday, Sunday, and today, Monday, we're in the, at the very worst in the 86th percentile in whiff rate. It's like, wow, this is their new thing. Not, you know, getting guys who are very high contact. And then I realized that we're four games into this season and <laughs> nothing matters because I looked back one year and I was like, boy, even Ahmed Rosario really high up there. No, he was like he was like a forty fifth percentile last year. So <laughs> this is a much better way than I think. I feel like we usually start the year terribly, which I guess we sort of did. But after the first couple of games, it rebounded. So it's nice being actually excited after the first series. I feel like the last few years have always been like, well, this sucks. It'll get better when the weather gets warmer. But at least we got a couple good offensive games out of it. I mean, I mean, two back to back ten run games is not something I expected at all from this team, let alone in the first week of the season. Well, and you know, also too, it's like. I mean, how, how mad can you be about two games that were decided basically on the on, on the edge of a coin? You know what I mean? Like it's it sucks to lose two to one on a in extra innings on some on some BS to uh, you know the Royals especially the most BS team there is. Uh, but hey, what are you going to do? I mean, they, they 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 made plays and Cleveland didn't, and there you go, you move on. You know what else uh, doesn't ever move on? Oh, what if they're throwing down a hill of cheese? Meatballs. <laughs> Meatballs, Merritt. Uh, Meatballs never move on. Of course, this is our first of the year, our first set of games. This is just our way to um, serve up meatballs of nuggets of information and fun things we learned about uh, the Guardians the last week. So I feel like mine is unique and nobody's thought about it yet. So I'm going to let you go first just because we'll save mine for the second one. Uh, I've got two. It's so special. Actually. I'll forget that. Yeah, you go first and then we'll sandwich me in the middle. <laughs> no, the first one's pretty quick uh, okay. and it, it kind of dovetails into a later conversation. Uh, as of today, four eleven. Owen Miller has more three hit games in in twenty twenty two than he has than he had in all of twenty twenty one. That checks uh, out. <laughs> that, that makes that makes sense logically based on how his last season went. <laughs> he, he had none last year. Obviously, I think he had like six two hit games. Uh, my actual meatball uh, in the last two days, the the Guardians scored twenty seven runs. The last time that's most they've scored in a two game span. Since 2016, that was a pretty good year, wasn't it, man? I think that was something special happened that year. I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. They scored 28 runs in mid-May against the Reds over two games. That's right, Ohio Cup, baby. Uh, I also, in the <laughs> in researching this, they did have a three-game stretch in May of 2019. They went 2-1 and one over this stretch. They scored 36 runs in three games. <laughs> they scored 12, 11, and 13 runs. And... 
Right, that's thirty six, right? Close enough. Uh, yeah, they went two and one because they lost one game, like thirteen to eleven or something like that. It was against the Cardinals. I was just like, oh god, sticks. Like that's, that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't score that many runs and lose. But I will say they almost pulled that off on Monday as well. So what are you going to go? So there you go. Um, offensive outburst, uh, ebbs and flows, uh, peaks and valleys, uh, feast and famine. That's the way to describe this. Four game wraparound series. Kind of weird that it was four games, but what are you gonna it's it seems like forever ago that we were. I mean, the first two games seemed like forever ago when they couldn't score anything, and it seemed offensive doom. Offense is doomed, uh, and then all of a sudden they scored seventeen runs, and then ten runs, and then tomorrow they face the Reds, and we'll see how many they score then. But um, it's, it's been a fun couple of days compared to the first couple. And I, also, attendance figures are hilarious uh, because <laughs> what are the, the attendance figures at Kauffman Stadium? Oh yeah, it went from. Everybody. 28,000 to 20,000 to 20,000 to today on Monday. It was 8,000 people. <laughs> Speaking of today, the Guardians announced that they sold out home the home opener. And I legitimately wonder how much of that is Stephen Kwan. I'm, I'm sure at least a handful of people were on the fence and then realized they might get to watch him play after this hot start, watch him on what is like Thursday or Friday and decide, oh, we'll just go and buy some tickets. Why not? Plus, they they seem to be one, struggling so, there for yeah. a while. Yeah. I mean, they were letting you buy a ticket and get a free one. So, well, this Hamilton wasn't like... was saying they had they had 750 seats left um, oh, God, on Sunday. So I don't know. It could be. It could not be. But hey, you know, maybe that that last 700. Those are the those are the quan yeah, holdouts. The edge. Yeah, I, I assume yeah. there's had to be a few because it's the excitement around Stephen Kwan and just this team in general the last couple of days has roiling. It's honestly more than in in such a short span. It's like more excitement than I think I've seen since like 2017. <laughs> like before, after the World Series, before the next season. Like when they signed Endwood, that's the highest, like two period day of excitement I think I've seen in this organization since among fans. Yeah, is there anything else you that. can think of? I guess. I mean, nothing er- lately. That win streak, um, uh, you know, like we talked about, you know, the, the win streak probably had twenty two games. Uh, yeah. Other than that, like to start a season, I can't think of one because, like you were saying, like it's just I feel like we've we've just been expecting just misery for the first however long for. You know, it was the first month or so for for this team. Like they always start like fourteen or fifteen, and they have a ripper of a of a May, and then you're like, oh, it's, all right, so now we're good again. <laughs> and none of the rookies ever pan out this quick. Like, not no. not saying he has panned out already, but none of them have just performed so immediately like he has, uh, like Stephen Kwan has, and it's it's pretty even fun to watch. Francisco Lindor in his first fifteen games was hitting two eleven. Like it, it just it wasn't there. Like we were like, oh come on, come on, new guy, be good. Just poking him with a stick. Yeah, but four games in, he was hitting two sixty seven, two sixty seven, two sixty seven. Yeah, so it's always been slow, and I'm sure Stephen Kwan will slow down after a few games. But well, you know, he only went um, one for three with two walks on Monday. So yeah, what a I mean, slacker. But uh, let me uh, my my meatball because we're gonna talk about Stephen Kwan as a whole, but I'll just get my meeple out of the way quick because I think it's something everybody already knows, but I kind of wanted to point it anyway because, good Lord, it's amazing. The fact that he hasn't missed a single swing yet. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I mean, this, this should have maybe a tiny asterisk next to it because um, he did technically swing and miss, maybe, on one on Monday, but the umpire sure. said he didn't, so he didn't. That's the way it works, Merritt. Well, the know, umpires yeah. are infallible. I never questioned them, personally. Never have, never so. will. They're, they're, <laughs> they are the wise men upon the field. and Those with which we hang upon all, them all honor, knowledge, and, and wisdom of, of the game of baseball. So yeah, They, they said he checked his swing, so I believe them. I trust him. Um, yeah, Not a single one other than that uh, slightly questionable one. Hardly even any uh, seeing strikes. He's just... He's got such a good view of the zone, and like you could, I, I don't know how he does it with the leg kick he has and keeps his timing so well. But like you see him when he when he's timed up well. I think we're gonna be able to really tell when he's struggling when the timing isn't right. 
because he he times it so much with that leg like it comes down it's so smooth when it works um, it's nice too because it's like um and nice in a sense like it's you know it's it's not your perfect swing but i think as we kind of move more and more into a more sensical way of developing players where you can't just create carbon copies you just go with what they're good at like he's this is the thing that got him to there and yeah. so why would you mess with it just to make it or you know you tweak it around the edges and things of that nature but even like you know he's not going out of the, out of the zone very much um he's his sense of his strike zone is absolutely insane and like it's you know it's, it's one thing to say oh well he faced the royals four games but like Zach Grenke's a good pitcher. Zach Grenke against a rookie in his first game is not very fair. Yes, obviously you don't have very much tape on him if you're if you're Quan, but at the same time, like and, and his triple today was off Scott Barlow too. So like he's facing yeah, a couple of arm. legit pitchers. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the Royals have good pitchers. You know they, they've spent a lot of time in the basement. They've collected a bunch of hard, you know a, a bunch of hard throwing guys, and he's, he's turning their, their pitches around all over the place too, just spraying the ball over the all over the park, which is. I don't know. Awesome, I guess. Pretty cool. Really just cool stuff. I'm just, I'm all about this line drive hitting left fielder who just makes contact constantly. I wish I wish they had kept the one they had before. And, and then, you know, also had Stephen Kwan. But what are you going to do? <laughs> I, cool. I think uh, the, the comparison that comes to my mind with this, at least so far, I haven't seen many people make it. And probably because the reason I don't think it works either is like, you mean Mercedes who came up last year and was the same kind of thing. But like, he was a good story because he'd been in the minors so long and he came up literally out of nowhere and that was just a thing like it looked like a guy was just on fire for however long they fell off a cliff but i feel like steven kwan is almost the opposite like his was a slow build there were people who noticed in college um his command of the strike zone more people noticed as he went through the minors and like this last year this last off season he was getting like 70 grade on his hit tool um from from some scouts so like people were noticing this isn't this is out of nowhere to start this hot but it's not like he's an unknown quantity he should have probably been if evaluators are tracking him as close as they did last year all throughout his career, I think he'd be a, been a lot higher before he even debuted. So he's probably like like a top prospect. He's just not a big, tall guy like a lot of the guys. He's like 5'9", 170, just a little guy who hits the ball over the field uh, without a ton of like classic power, I guess you call it. He's not crushing the ball, but he just hits so many line drives. Yeah, line drives. He's done all the way through. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he, you always hear guys described as like, Gap to gap, line drive hitters, and like you're like, what the hell does that mean? Like just crappy, <laughs> like, like this is what it means. Obviously. Yeah, like, like you see him hit a triple, like when they're shifting yeah. on him, he still pulls it and still exactly, yeah. Amazing. Like they're like the, the ability to not be able to be shifted upon. Like um, oh, what was that guy on uh on the on the, uh, on the White Sox last year? They traded the card. Nick Madrigal. Yeah, Nick Madrigal. Yeah, he's the same yeah they were on the vibe. same team, by the way. Which exactly. I was cool. gonna say yeah, same team. <laughs> I mean, I know they were on the same team as Adley Rutschman too, and at Oregon State, um, but. Yeah, same vibe, same kind of team, and like, I, I don't. It's not like I'm sitting here expecting Stephen Kwan to, you know, become the next. I don't know Ichiro Suzuki or something like that. I'll accept it. I'll take it. Let's do that. But at the same time, he's. It's just you know, it's, it's so early in the year that there's so much noise in a guy who is a, a it's like a seventeen hundred OPS, uh, whatever it is. Like, there's tons of noise there. It's, it's a mess, and like, but the fact that he's pulling all those walks, and again against not bad pitching, like. It's not, you know, to go back to Grenke, it's not Grenke throwing 100 miles an hour like it was 12 years ago, but it's still Grenke who was a borderline ace a year or two ago and who still is one of the most cerebral pitchers in the game. Yeah, and obviously he, like, doesn't have the stuff he used to, but he's still good and he's still oh, yeah. talented. Yeah. And 
you know, the other guy's not quite so much. Charles Hernandez, for instance, uh, not, not a wonderful pitcher, but what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> and every other pitcher they torched on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, you know, there's a couple of good believers in there. You still got to hit uh, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless of who you're hitting against, like, I mean, if you can see the ball the way he does and the way he just, like, throws his wrist at the ball is amazing when it's timed up with his leg kick. Like, I don't know. He's just so fun to watch at this point. There were a couple hits there where you're just like, I, it, I think that they had to have been driven in part by where they were playing, if that makes sense, right? Because Yeah, the, it's a huge the, outfield. Yeah. yeah, the outfielders had to play so deep. There's just all this space there for bloops. So. I fully expect that once they come back to Cleveland, there's going to be some some disappearing hits, but I don't care. Right now, it's cool, and like I, I think this is something to build off of, and it's the thing that we've been wanting to happen since forever, where they just find a little bit, of, you know, a little more gold yeah, to you know. find some outfielder that can do anything for them. Yeah, like even if he hits, you know, I mean, I don't know, three hundred or the four fifty um, slugging percentage, like whatever, I'll take it. That's a, that's a fun, different kind of hitter, and. Especially as, as the as the the um, shift is phased out, he'll just be more and more dangerous with every passing every passing day. And just the kind of guy who the, you know lengthens the lineup. I've gotten tired by the way of saying I just want average hitters. I'm gonna I'm gonna start because I got cursed by that because we got got some guys who are exactly like 100 OPS plus guys. And I'm just like, well, all we want is productive hitters. So maybe that means like 110 to 120 OPS plus. Maybe let's, let's get that. So let's get more of those. That's that's what I want out of this lineup. Just a bunch of guys with an OPS over 110. You know, that's not too much to ask, is that? <laughs> and um, Steamer, for what it's worth, it predicts him. I, I don't know why it projects him to have so many home runs. At 15 home runs, the 286, 370, 450 slash line. So a 126 WRC plus. Like, that's that's, that's amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll take that every day. A three well, he, already has, he already has one home run expected. It's just, again, like because of where he's playing, it was not a home run. And I, yeah. I rewatched that hit. It was the one that hit the base of the wall, uh, I think, on the, in right field, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, the, and that's that's a distance, so. Yeah. Know. There's a Twitter account called Would It Dong that tracks that, <laughs> which oh. I love the name of it. Because, like, would it be a there's, a, there's a Bing Bong account that tracks Bing Bong, and there's one called Would It Dong. What's a would Bing Bong? A Bing, you ever saw the, the Cleveland Bing Bong account? No. Tweets out bing bongs. Calls home runs bing bongs. Oh, bing okay. All right. I thought it was bing bong like the New York Knicks situation. What? <laughs> you didn't oh, like the, yeah, the TikTok? <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. <laughs> and it just hit a big bing bong and they go far. But on the other side of the ball, the offense has been amazing the last couple. Um, kind of surprising. The the starting rotation has been not terrible, but probably shakier. I would have thought less yeah. strikeouts than I would have imagined at this point against yeah. the Royals. Um, yeah, well, high contact guys. I mean, you know, it's 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 a perfect storm of of the, the kind of guy that's irritating for a team like the Guardians to play, just because they the, the way they've been drafting for all these years is guys who are kind of high contact, put in a play types. So maybe maybe that's an explanation. I haven't looked into it. Maybe they they swing earlier in counts. But like you said, like Bieber didn't look dominant on opening day. Um, yeah, I mean, his velocity was down by a whole. Yeah, well, and um, I, I think everybody's was a little bit. Part of that's probably because it was so freaking cold on opening day, and also they and had he a short spring. Very much like yeah, you know, like a short spring. He doesn't pitch. He pitched what like four games last year, or something like that. Like, um, but then Plezak looked fine. Uh, Quantrill is not going to be a strikeout guy anyway. Um, he was everything I would hope him for. And then Savali getting shelled on on Monday was less than encouraging. I, I kind of speed watched some of his start and. I forgot how awful I hate. I, I just hate watching him pitch sometimes because somebody like, like slow pitches in the top of the zone. I'm like, yeah, I was gonna say he did everything bad that you said he probably shouldn't do, which yeah. is a bunch of like slower pitches up in the zone. He couldn't stay along the top of the zone. He got too high up with his fastball, and it was just like the meatballs were up there. Um, and I feel like against a real team, those are gonna get hit a lot more. There was a lot of hard contact. In- no, there was a tremendous. Yeah, I was just looking at the the baseball savant of that, and he got 
I mean, he had five hard hit hits, I guess, however you want to describe hard that. Hard hit hits, yeah. Hard hit, hard, hard hit balls. There we go. Uh, which, which, I mean, again, it's, you, you gave up what? Only gave up four hits, but it was, it's the walks that really killed him. And he's just not a guy you can really work with not walking people. He's always been a pound his own type of pitcher. So, again, I, I definitely still the, the the most intriguing, I think, pitcher on the on the staff, even 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 including Quantrill, but. He did not do anything to make me feel hyper confident about him about him um, on, on Monday. I'm still kind of disappointed that Tristan McKenzie was just kind of shoved in there at the back end of Weber's yeah. start. I got that was the point they were doing, but also I just kind of want to see Tristan McKenzie get his damn start again. Uh, I mean, he didn't look great either in the the loss they had. No, I mean, please, that was the most surprising by far because I didn't think he'd be. Uh, I thought this would be the year like. He'd kind of show that he wasn't as good as 2019, and he came out and looked really good against the Royals. He went the longest out of all the starters. Mm-hmm. With uh, confidence. Three strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was good. He still yeah, lost because yeah. that was the one that nobody scored until Emmanuel Class A allowed a single run. game. Dumb, dumb game. My least one favorite one of the entire weekend. Garbage game. <laughs> They're calling it a trash game. Yeah, yeah, that that was fan. the one I didn't watch, and I'm, I'm not too sad that I missed it. So it didn't seem uh, great. No, but you know, again, what are you going to do? That's that's one of those just kind of knife edge games, and early in the season, like yeah, it sucks to lose a lose a close one like that. But I feel like that happens with the Royals all the time, just because they they play good defense and they don't score very much, <laughs> and so it just especially in Kansas City, it just seems to like grind you into dust, or or if one thing goes wrong for them, they just collapse like a like a house of cards. So like a know. house of cards, man. One big house of cards. <laughs> In the, I mean, as for the bullpen, Brian Shaw, um, pretty much what you expect. You used too much, collapsed, imploded. What do you want? <laughs> use them every single day. It's going to happen a little bit. Yeah, let's um, not. You know what? We got to get away from this whole Brian Shaw thing. <laughs> I got to. I got to be honest with you. I'm not. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm a little, a little, a little over, over that. Yeah. yeah, a little over the whole Brian Shaw situation. I think we should move on. And... But I mean, Nick Sandlin, who saved Brian Shaw today and then pitched a clean inning, um, he's still extremely fun to watch with his his weird submarine sidearm, whatever you want to call it, delivery. Um, I feel like that alone, just changing the perspective, mess with the Royals hitters a lot. Um, I, I want to see him have a whole season healthy and coming out of the bullpen like that is something I'm excited for. Yeah, him. I mean, between him and uh, who's the other one I was very excited for? Was it oh, it's Ghost, of course. Oh, yeah. I don't think has Ghost pitched yet. I guess he did, didn't he? Ghost did yeah. pitch. Yeah, he pitched on Sunday, I think. One Saturday or Sunday. I mean, it must have been Saturday because I was just listening to the, the one on the rate. I had a real like like a like a grown up man uh, morning or afternoon <laughs> on, on Sunday because I was I was listening to the game on the radio while I did some woodworking. <laughs> 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 Halfway through, I was like, woodwork. "God damn, I just got like a beer or something." Because <laughs> I'm, I'm really going to build a tableau. I was wearing a flannel and everything. It's really, I really, I was like, I built a real tableau over here, just kind of a, a real vibe. But yeah, in like your DC summer backyard, exactly. <laughs> 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 in the wilderness <laughs> i'm just out here just working the wood just, you know just chopping these trees down and i did not buy this piece of wood on the hardware store no no sir pre-cut i just had to cut the tape off and get the, the zip tie off of it so it split apart shut up <laughs> i'm really feeling seen right now i don't like it <laughs> um oh elon morgan too he looked like a, a man in the back of a dc suburb there with his uh i, I thought he really good on the, the back of the bullpen um the fact that he could just use his really weak fastball but also that change up i saw kind of a couple of royals off guard was cool um mm-hmm. just his home, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be in the bullpen i liked him as a starter at one point but i think he just only has like two pitches that are gonna work 
and without a fastball, that's not great. <laughs> like you Incredibly can just use the changeup yeah. and get him off guard. Yeah, just trash your way through an inning or yeah. two and go, yeah, uh, I tricked him again. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely nor- I definitely didn't feel nervous the entire time. Very good. <laughs> Logan Allen was just out there sweaty. Uh, I said on Twitter, he looked like he was lost at sea to work on his pitching because he's got like a beard. He's got long hair now. He's just straight up. Uh, Oh, you didn't you didn't read that story about how over the the off season he rented out an oil tanker and he was just out there in international waters just working working on his pitch and he got caught in a hurricane a few times. Yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how could I miss that? He met Robert Redford out there and they just had a little trip. Yeah, it was a whole little thing, you know. And then you, know, you just got a, you got his boat stuck in the Suez Canal. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy! <laughs> Remember that? that was you wild. had plenty of time to pitch. That wasn't yeah, you, that wasn't going anywhere. So we just might as well just uh, yeah, you, you got a couple uh, sessions in. Very Remember good. when we learned that our whole global economy can be stopped by one boat in a river? That was fun. Let's see. Anything else out of the bullpen stick out to you? I don't think Sam Hentges did much of anything. Anthony Castro, I mean, the a... new guy they got for uh, Bradley Zimmer. I didn't include that in the rundown that they traded Bradley Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Castro. Yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah, hey, no Bradley Zimmer. It really kind of loosens, th- you know, the, the the infamous log jam of mediocrity sure is starting to loosen up here, which is nice. A little bit. I mean, Actually, if Oscar Mercado is legit, too, like, it's suddenly a long jab is pretty good. Yeah, two, two homers in four games, like he's hitting the ball hard. They said he put on 20 pounds of muscle. I was listening to the radio, and I was like, that can't be right. That's a tremendous... A little beefier? I don't know about 20 pounds of muscle beefy, but... That's so much muscle. There's some power there, yeah. Like... What I mean, he, he turned doing? on that ball today. Like he crushed that thing. He's got to have home, some more power. Both his home runs were not cheap. Like I mean, they're they're never cheap in that park. But like he hit the he just hit the piss out of both of them. Maybe he's good. I don't know. Maybe this is I'm, it's happening again, Matt. It's happening. Again. <laughs> You're getting sucked in. The optimism <laughs> levels are rising. At least Zimmer's not there to trick me. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna listen to this podcast in like a month when they're like twelve and. 13 like god damn it we were so yeah, he's, hitting, he's hitting 194 <laughs> somehow somehow getting four even kwan was demoted after a week for no reason <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that line is still like 700 oh that'd be the best yeah, yeah we're getting we, you know he needs a little more seasoning he's hitting he's just <laughs> he's leaving the world in the inning just hit two home runs you know what though we want to see him get consistent at bats you control his at bats you can do anything you want it's i mean it's just straight up a good outfield if oscar mercado's good i mean you got kwan straw mercado I mean, that's, I love that's it. scary good. I mean, I'll say uh, I mean, there's a couple of non-bright spots. Bobby Bradley looked a little shitty. Well, I mean, like Owen Miller started against a right-hander if he's legit. Um, again, I'm getting sucked up too. Look at me getting excited. But I don't know, man. I mean, if he's I, your first baseman. Yeah, I was piecing bad. some together re- re- revolving around him for a uh, for a meatball. And I was just like, because they were talking about how he's going to be more pull-heavy this year. And uh, Who was that, Miller? Yeah, Mo- yeah, Miller. And he pulled the ball a lot this weekend. Like, yeah. I think he only had one... One bat, one or two batted balls to the opposite field. And last year he was primarily like a kind of a slap hitter. I was I spent like you know forty five minutes or so just, just kind of watching clips from last year versus this year, see if he's changed anything. It seems all the same. But maybe he's just getting he's just getting down a little, getting his foot down a little earlier or something. And right handed pole hitters can be very successful because you can't shift on them as easily because you need to have a first baseman. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and then obviously once they start get doing away with the shift, it's it's going to be even easier for him. But He's always had a pretty good hit tool. Like, you look at his, his minor league numbers. He's always been an average guy. Hitting for average, I mean. I mean, we, uh, can, we can shift to Owen Miller talking. Like, is this, is, this, uh, is, is this the arrival of Owen Miller finally? The one that um, was prophesized, that was amazing in AAA, AA, all the way up, and then hit the majors last year and just kind of fell over on his face. Like, they can't all be Stephen Kwan. They can't all be Stephen Kwan, but I mean, 
<laughs> what if he's the Stephen Kwan of a couple months after he debuts instead of Stephen Kwan? 60 games last year, he looked like crap. Um, 49 WRC plus, but I mean, this year, man, he looks like a legit hitter all over the place. Then again, everybody I mean, did. So really, I, he, 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 I, I want to say that the park probably robbed him of a home run, but uh, he, one of his doubles on Monday might not have been a double in another park because it kind of hit um, Merrifield in the glove. Uh, just, you know, it was, it was, he was sliding. He, he was kind of a pseudo diving catch, but still, the other double was just a blast. And I think it was the hard, hardest hit ball on the team on Monday. Uh, but he looks, I don't know, he looks more comfortable at the plate. Um, like you said, he's hitting against righties. He's not p- performing as a platoon guy. If, if that's the case, then I think that's the biggest. Yes. Indicated at least the Guardians believe in him because, and also a very big damnation of Bobby Bradley if they're already abandoning the platoon. <laughs> that seemed like the, the plan from the beginning was to platoon him and Bradley and already one right hander in and they've abandoned that. So, and like you wonder, like, how far do you let that go? You know what I mean? Because uh, I mean, on, what, on Tuesday, or I think they have Tuesday off, don't they? On Wednesday, they're going to play. Um, no, I play Tuesday. They oh, have Tuesday. Okay, they're playing yeah. Cincinnati. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be pitching for that in that game, but uh, man, because I don't know anything about the Reds. <laughs> the Reds yeah. they, they, they traded everybody. They don't. The Reds don't know anything about the Reds. Yeah, they just Ty, uh, I, I, floating I, I, ship I, at this. Point. I guess Tyler Malley is Molly is um, slated to pitch. He's been fine. You know, I mean, career four thirty ERA. He he does league lead the league in. Um, Games started and ERA and uh, win loss percentage so far this year though and hits per nine, um, so that's good. Uh, he's right handed though, so I, th- I think that'll be a very interesting thing to see. Is on Tuesday who's going to hit because you can see the argument for going with Bradley, wanting to give maybe Owen Miller a day off, although he's young. Why do young one of the why do the young guys need days off? Or you can see them going with Miller because again he's collected six hits in his last two games. Do you ride the hot hand? Do you continue to let, let him be comfortable? What do you do? These are the questions, and I, I think that's a very interesting thing to kind of keep an eye on because Molly's not a dominant pitcher by any stretch of the imagination. He's good. He's not great or anything like that. But Yeah, writing a hot hand would be weird, I think, four games in, but maybe not because I would also not bench Stephen Kwan for anything right now, so maybe I right, can't exactly. talk. But... <laughs> well, like, and, like, all these young guys, like, you know, we're like we feel as though we've seen Owen Miller a lot, but this is, again, he's played, what, 65 games or something like that at this point combined. So he – Riding the hot hand is, uh, you know, it's one thing to say, but it's also like giving the kid the confidence that you believe in him to, you know, like I don't want, I don't want to see them just dump Bobby Bradley just unceremoniously because I'd like for him to get some play too. But but this again, is basically what we've been asking him to do is just let these kids get consistent playing time and then are doing it with with Ellen Miller hopefully. So yeah, but so yeah, I don't, I got, I don't know where you go from there, but it's like, is this. Again, a, a, another looming logjam of mediocrity where they try and just like halfway figure things out because I want Bobby Bradley to kick ass. He hits the ball a quarter mile, and if Stephen, you know, exactly, therein lies the issue. But like, I, I love the kind of transition of like a, a a slap contact, no power hitting guy like Miles um, Straw to Quan to Ramirez to. Reyes to Bradley, like in that, that exact is a good order. One through four, <laughs> maybe it's, it's, five it's like, if one of them can hit. It's like all contact, no power. Lots of contact, a little bit of power. power lots power, of contact, power, lots power. of power. <laughs> no contact, no, no, so, you know, some contact, lots of power. No contact, all the power in the world. Like, Ooh, interesting. A little taste, a little amuse bouche of everything you can have as an offensive hitter or offensive player. Very nice. And then just remember too that uh, Josh Naylor's coming back soon, so they're going to find. I mean, is he your first baseman? 
I feel like the plan was originally just to have Stephen Kwan up and then send him down. Absolutely nobody can do that now. Unless he, I can't imagine how bad he'd have to be over two days to justify doing that. Um, so, I mean, you're going to have to cut somebody because everybody's got options. Like, is Mercado, is, if he keeps playing well, do you cut him? I, I feel like Bobby Bradley's just going to be the odd man out. Or Yu Chang could be the odd man out because they have Ernie Clement. He's kind of redundant. <laughs> no, right? I mean, they could option Ernie Clement. He has options, but I feel like Tito likes him too much and he's proved a well enough utility guy. I feel like it's either Chang or Bradley and probably Chang. The only knock on Bradley is he can only play first base, but also Chang can't hit, sadly, as much as I like Yu Chang. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be one of those two and Josh Naylor will be up. And then you've got to kind of just make Josh Naylor uh, first baseman. I don't know where you put him in the outfield unless you, I guess, <laughs> he's a natural right fielder. Well, he's, he's played there. Sure, he blew his <laughs> knee out idiotly <laughs> while playing out there. But I mean. The, the idea of putting him out there is uh, troubling. Yeah. Yes. I think it was Quincy Wheeler on Twitter who mentioned that he's not prepared to see a ball go to right field and not be comfortable about it anymore. Because it's true. Like, everywhere the ball goes in the outfield right now, you know it's probably going to be caught if it's supposed to. I mean, Stephen yeah. Juan dropped one today, but that was because the sun was in his eyes. But as soon as Josh Naylor is out there again, like, I so said, when a ball goes in the right field, it's going to be a heart attack every I'm time. I'm tired of adventurous defense. I want I confident just, defense. <laughs> I just want competent outfielders catching balls, throwing balls, doing their thing. That's all I want. I don't know. It's. it's I mean, it's... It's fun in a way for people in our seat, at least, who have to talk and or write about this team because there's lots of like these moving pieces and and like I don't feel like miserable about them anymore. There's especially with the well with the recent performance and you know we're all we're all prisoners of, of recency bias. Um, the performances of Quan and Miller, especially, um, but then also the wanting of Bobby Bradley to kick ass, and obviously with Naylor coming back, it's it's very interesting just to see how they're going to fit it all in. I hope they don't fuck it up, <laughs> basically, and like start swapping people in and out at random. Like I, I, I think you know, I don't know if you agree with that, but like I, I, I can't figure out where they are in their arc. I suppose as a team, you know what I mean? Like they're not good enough yet to to compete with the really upper echelon guys. Yet I think that if something that Quan's doing here is something resembling a breakthrough, they need two other guys to continue to do that, right? Like. Yeah, and, and they're also gonna have the problem of like where the hell do you play Owen Miller when Josh if if Naylor comes back and is your first baseman that like causes cascading effect if he's good do you just keep swapping him in and out with Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez like that's not fair to any of those guys especially because I don't think Ahmed Rosario is a very good defender <laughs> and if Jimenez has any kind of value left I think it's as a shortstop yeah with um, with, with, some, with you know with an occasional hit basically that's I, th- I think that's what we're seeing out of him yeah. like. I don't I know why he's, he's not – I would not want him as an everyday second baseman on a winning team. I think I'd rather have Owen Miller at this point. Um, and at least Jimenez has is, options, like, so you can still option him if you need to. That's true. I, think, I mean, I think the ideal here is Quan leading off and then um, Ramirez and then Miller if he's hitting or Naylor if he's hitting and then and then Reyes and then kind of go from there, I guess. You know, I, I, who, who, I guess your fifth could be Naylor in that case. Did I say Naylor already? I did say Naylor already. Um, so I guess your fifth in that case would be Rosario and then – it does kind of fall off a cliff there after a while. But, you know. <laughs> it's a really big cliff, yeah. And, and I get that. I think probably Quan, Ramirez, whoever is the, the right order. It is kind of cool having Miles Straw, Stephen Quan, Jose Ramirez. Like having so much speed at the top there with Straw. I agree. No, I like that, but I would almost say like, I, I'd almost prefer Straw at the bottom. But his on-base yeah, percentage yeah. is so good, it's like... It's not I like mean, it's a detriment, yeah. So No, can, exactly. He's he's not a great leadoff hitter, but he's a prototypical leadoff hitter, which I don't know if that makes you feel good about it or not, but it, it is what it is. So, you know, 
think this also takes them slightly out of the Brian Reynolds sweepstakes. If they're going to trade Daniel Spino for him, I don't think that happens anymore. Sadly for me, as much as I love Daniel Spino and as good as he looks and he's going to look, but I, I guess we should probably talk about it too, because I, I, that, that came across today that they were talking with uh, Michael Conforto. Yeah. Like straight up, where does he fit now? Like at <laughs> this point, these guys I don't are even, good. I, 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 I guess the issue, I guess the thing we, we point out is Josh Naylor is all potential and no performance. If we're being quite honest, he hits the ball a quarter mile, but he also is incredibly inconsistent and strikes out too much uh, without the added benefit of being Fran Reyes. So there's definitely space for him. I think if you had, you know, gun to my head, you have him and you have Mercado and you have uh, Naylor, which one's playing right field. I don't have to make a decision here because it's already been made for me. Um, you mean if it's then, Michael um, Conforto? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pre- precisely. Um, so I, I don't know if that's, I don't know how real that is. Um, I'm sure he, I know he wants to play, but well, to be fair, like the guy who leaked it, I, I, I don't have any doubt that he's right. I'm sure they were talking to him, but he's like a guy who's talking for an agent usually gets his leaks. So it's, I think it's more likely that like another team is closer to signing him and they're saying like, look, if you don't sign him, we'll, we'll sign with Cleveland. <laughs> they also want him. So you better pay us more money. But, um, I would think like if if they do sign Conforto, if somehow that happens, like a one or two year deal, which would be absolutely perfect for their situation, like you have to trade somebody at that point. There's just no more room. Like you've got to trade, um, I don't know, like Mercado. You got to trade just any of these guys you can package along with some of the upper prospects and get like. Hey, but then who do you probably, get? Because you just signed an outfielder. <laughs> it's hard well, to decide honestly, where you move all these guys. I, I would honestly say, I mean, if if that was really the move, I would say go go after a bullpen arm because. You know, I mean, I, th- I think getting a if they get Conforto, it's a statement of one to com- compete like hard, right? And that that gives them a really strong, probably five to six deep lineup, and then just you know the back end being a, a normal back end of a lineup, having a bullpen that would be Class A. I don't know whoever else it would be. I guess um, <laughs> it's just Class A and whatever is what the bullpen is right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess my you know Class A Sandal and Ghosts, I suppose. I don't know. Um, and then you kind of go from, and then adding, you know, adding another top flight arm in there, or even not even top flight, but just a guy who throws a hundred of the wipeout slider, you know, just something normal like that uh, would be uh, very solidifying for the bullpen because they're going to need more arms because that, you know, circuit by rotation talk from earlier, not the most confident in the world. But again, we you have to trust that it's early in the season. And yeah, and that'll straighten point, out. I think. At this point, they're two and two. Like it's not like the, you know, it's like the season's over by, by any stretch of imagination or anything has happened even. Yeah, and they're all on weird limits from short spring. Like I'm not buying too much into the struggles of the rotation quite yet, but you still want a good bullpen regardless. Um, right, and like you know, we're going to see um, Morgan get some starts, and we're going to see some of the other guys get some starts that we just haven't seen much of yet. But getting, I don't know, I, I would I would feel very confident getting another arm. To specifically see less of Brian Shaw, <laughs> that's the whole goal here. Is just to I, see I less think of Brian that, Shaw. Yeah, the, the real focus here is to eliminate him from pitching very much. It's circling his name and just putting a little X through it. It's kind of what I want to see here. Uh, now the the Guardians did extend. I mean, Class A among Miles Straw, Jose Ramirez. I think Miles Straw was the newest one. So they, they spent some money in the offseason just extending guys. Didn't necessarily add anybody, but. Um, I think it's just worth looking at these three inside of deciding like who's next. I think the. There's no Stephen Kwan is like one that comes to mind, but there's probably not a worse time in history to extend Stephen Kwan right now. Well, um, I mean, arguably, <laughs> no. Why would I, you? I agree with you. However, there's also the kind of um, like Ronald Acuna path, right, where you give him a very long contract for very low money. 
you know, or um, what's his name? Um, Evan Longoria, same vibe. He signed a contract his rookie year, and he was good then. So I understand that being the idea of an argument. I suppose. I don't. Yeah, think. I, I think you wait for him to even out maybe a little bit, or maybe everybody can just be realistic enough to say that, hey, bud, you're not going to be doing this forever. So let's let's be realistic about we're negotiating here. But I think at some Do point, you want one hundred million dollars? Ooh, <laughs> over twelve years? Ooh. <laughs> so you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think at some point he will be a reasonable explanation, expectation to be extended. But I think also Cleveland tends to wait a little bit closer to arbitration. Yeah, not quite. Usually, um, like two years in, I would yeah. think, right? Yeah. I mean, he has no service time, so. Right. Two days of service time, effectively. Yeah. 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 Um, I, th- I think, like, Fran Reyes is an obvious candidate, especially, like, now, if you think he's going to rebound from this, you're getting him basically a, probably at the lowest point of his career, and you sign him now for a bunch of years, buy out, our, buy out what does he have, like, another year of arbitration, two years? Um, I think he has two more years. I'm looking up right now. Um, salaries. Sal- yeah, actually, no, he's um, got one more year on his rookie deal. Oh, there you go. So that, that um, seems about right in line, like pay him. Although he got $4.5 million last year. Never mind. He is entering arbitration. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Early free agent 2025. <laughs> Never mind. I'm yeah. an idiot. Okay. Yeah, extend him through there. I mean, it'd be the same, almost the same deal. Just give him maybe, like, one extra option and get them through 2028 or, or just get them to 2027. And you have that core through at least then. Um, I was thinking Quantrill too. I mean, I know it's yeah, a little I'll earlier than you were talking about. Like, I don't think, I think last year was, he'll be, he's a little worse than that, but like, he, even if he's a, you know, a number three or something like that, getting him for, I don't know. I really are eligible 2023 or Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could, if you could extend him, maybe it's a little early on that one actually, because he's a free agent 2026. If you could get him through 2028. That's basically what they've done though. Cause they're, yeah, they're signing the guys who like through 2026 and got on a couple options to get through the extra. Yeah. So, years. I mean, and they've, they don't, they've never hesitated to get these back in the end guys. If that's all Quantrill is that they got Josh Tomlin. You remember they signed him for just to buy out arbitration. So, and like locking him in like that. And then, Best case scenario, he's absolutely electric, and last year was not a fluke. And I mean, you know, obviously, he was driven a lot by bat, by batting average on balls and play and things of that and luck. But like, he also makes his own luck a little bit, and he looked, you know, he looked fine last year in his, his last time out. I think that he could. I, I think him and Reyes are probably the next two who they're probably going to try and get something done with. Um, I, probably not now. It's I don't. I mean, probably done now for the year, yeah. But yeah, like, it's a weird aversion to signing people. Although you never know. I mean, yeah, again, true. like like the reason Straw you have was an technically agent, in the season, I think it was after the yeah, first game. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the reason you have agents is so they can do the business side where you go and play. So yeah, I, I, I think the ship has sailed on Beaver. Be- Beaver. Beaver. I'm, I think we're both assuming like you're not going to get him for a big deal at this point. Like he knows what he is, and <laughs> maybe. I mean, at the same time, like he's coming off an injury. There's. I, I can see both sides of it, obviously, right? Like, I, I don't think he's going to want to sell himself cheap. Um, he's still not—he's still not going to be a free agent for another what two years, right? Early free agent twenty twenty-five. So, getting him through twenty twenty-seven, maybe not on a small deal, like not, not nothing approaching, obviously, something like what Ramirez got. But yeah, you're going to have um, to pay him pretty close to what he's going to get. Give, but... I mean, you're, you're going to give him like a fifty. Yeah, you're going to have to give him like fifteen million dollars a year minimum. So, what would that be like a five-year? Be sixty million or seventy five seventy five million dollars. Um, it's you know, a massive underpay for a guy who I mean, <laughs> was a literal <laughs> Cy Young winner. Yeah, exactly. He actually has yeah. a, a a legitimate. Yeah, there it is, right there. Cy Young. Granted, it was yeah Mickey Mouse season, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but but even with that, like he's been he's been great for three years basically. I mean, with the injury, you definitely have an argument on the other side of the thing. So 
I would say those those guys are probably the ones that I would I would circle Quantrill, Bieber, and um, and Reyes. Yeah, which one? Which one do I think is most likely? Probably Reyes, honestly, um, followed by Quantrill. And I just they got to make the effort with Bieber. Um, probably that's the kind of guy have at this point, and probably nothing has come of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like they've they probably have tried a bunch already, and like. Um, a class A signing a reliever feels like that was a once in a lifetime thing that the Guardians would do. They seem to realize that they're kind of glass cannons. So, like Nick Sandlin maybe would be a good option for that. Cause I think he's going to be super good, but also he has not even a year of service time yet. So maybe not there. But um, I feel like they, they're just so comfortable plugging in random relievers and then pulling them out with their arms explode that I don't think they're going to sign many. I, I thought it was kind of surprising they did class A in the first place, but a hundred miles an hour on a cutter. I mean, yeah, it's, on, it's on, honestly, yeah. it's like, Whoa, that's pretty good. Actually. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty good. Let's keep that around. And if old sticky Jim Karen could still pitch uh, without the sticky stuff, I'm sure they might've considered that by now, but yeah, um, he's out. He's probably not good when he comes back. So <laughs> you're out. Um, you're out. that reason you are out. <laughs> Austin I hedges. I would assume they're hoping to God they can get somebody before <laughs> he's around for too long. Well, they got Brian um, Levastida. He got it. Yeah. He got his first, uh, his first outing, right? He, he, he hit he on Sunday. He didn't, uh, hit, he didn't hit, but, but he was in there. He was hitting. He walked. That's on base percentage right there. Yeah. He drew a walk. He's good now. Actually, it turns out he's better. He's better than you thought. Yeah, I think there's a Take decent that, chance. Matt. Like he's the future catcher, Bo Naylor down there somewhere. He's kind of drifted off a little bit, but I like him too. Um, I, yeah, I think Austin Hedges is just not one they're signing unless it's, hey, you want to be a backup in a few years? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I understand the value. I mean, they, you know, that being said, they did with Roberto uh, Roberto Perez. Like They signed him yeah, to do a one-term deal. Well, didn't they sign him when it was clear he was going to be the starter? Or was he? No, he was still behind Jan Gomes, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He was still behind Jan Gomes. Where yeah. is he now? Is he playing? Jan Gomes? I just saw someone talking not about Not Jan Go- no, Gomes. No, Roberto's yeah, Gomes in is- Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Oh Young yeah, Gums that's right. Cubs. Ew. Yeah, Gums on the Cubs. Yeah, I was watching a game today, so I was like, "Oh, that's right. That's so weird." Gross. Ugh. Ew. Ooh, spitting gross. noise. Spitting noise. Spitting noise. <laughs> Ugh. Um. Yeah. On that note, Merritt, I think uh, we're gonna call it episode this week. It's a good one. Got some good first. And Matt, baseball's weeks. back. Ooh, ooh, baseball ooh, is back. It's that's the, that's the baseball's back alarm. Everyone that, just ooh, so you know. is that the baseball back? Yeah. I guess. Yep. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves the alarm. <laughs> Next week, depending on how things go, it might be. Why did we why did we play Brian Shaw so much? <laughs> but until then, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen to podcasts, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Cover the Corner on Facebook, Covering the Corner. Of course, coverthecorner.com. Follow me at Matt RLY, Merritt at Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lunch. Uh, Merrill, Merrill Lunch. Lunch. Like Merrill Lunch I'm, with lunch. I'm, I'm, I'm not a villainous investment <laughs> bank. Damn. <laughs> follow Merrill Lynch. Fuck this other guy. Merrill Lynch is actually, actually my co-host. Of I the mean, podcast. yeah, follow, follow Merrill Lynch if you want some insight into. Yeah, can you text <laughs> Merrill Lynch about how much you love Stephen Kwan? Let him know just how yeah, good he is. Yeah, see what they're saying. Just, yeah. see, see just what their let him, just are, let him know about how good yeah. Stephen Kwan is. They're all about trends and buying, yeah. you know, buying yeah. low and selling high and things of that nature. Like, who should they be signing? You know, actually, maybe we should reach out to Merrill Lynch, man. <laughs> Have them co-host an episode and just not. Yeah, just see what they it. say. Just, yeah, what are their yeah. thoughts? <laughs> just be silent on the sign of a cash register every once in a while. That's right, Merrill Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you next week, mate. Later on. Yeah.